Welcome to Our Last Meal, the podcast on grief, loss, and food. I'm your host, Andrew. Every episode, I talk with a guest about grief of someone special, framed around the foods and meals that meant the most to them. This week, I had the chance to speak to host of the Human Podcast, Becca. This was such a intense, I don't know if that's the right word, conversation. Um... I say that because the conversation with Becca is so easy and so just calm. She has a very calming demeanor, um, but she shared a lot, and it was a really deep conversation, and I'm just incredibly thankful that she was willing to have it with me. Uh, I actually had a chance to be on Becca's podcast. Um, I'll link to her podcast in the show notes. I'm not sure how well they're going to line up in terms of the release date, but it should be pretty soon. Uh I would just say she's a very kind person. Um, having the chance to talk with her about her mother-in-law was very, I, it was honoring and I appreciate it. Um, I hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, I'll jump into that in just a moment. I will say if you do enjoy this podcast, please take the time to rate and review on whatever service you use. Tell a friend or a family member about it. Share it on social media. Follow it on social media. Any of that. I always say this is a labor of love. I always feel so incredibly awkward doing this promo stuff as part of this, but I want to try to grow this as much as I can. With all that said, out of the way, let's go ahead and throw it over to the conversation with Becca. Hello and welcome to our last meal. I'm your host, Andrew, and my guest this week is wife, mother, software developer, and host of the Human Podcast, Becca. Becca, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. I, I appreciate you uh, you taking the time to talk with me. Um, I know I know you just started your own podcast. We were talking about that um, right before we started recording. Uh, kind of the some of the craziness that goes along with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think one of the yep. biggest things is just meeting other people that do it and finding ways to... I guess network is the right word. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice though. I don't, um, you know, I work, I work from home. You mentioned I'm software developer. I work from home. So, you know, I, I feel like I'm kind of isolated a lot, which I, I enjoy, but it's been really nice though, getting to like reach out and just meet, um, just different people that I don't normally have the opportunity to do anymore. And so it's like networking, but it's also just been really fun just meeting other people. I, I can relate to that because, um, you know, I'm, I'm in the IT side of things, too, and it is uh, it is really nice working from home, just the, the flexibility and just it's my space, right? I'm yeah. comfortable here. But it is nice to get the human connection and do it. It's one thing to meet people at work who it's like, oh, did you hear about whatever thing is happening at work? Like, that's, that's mm-hmm. fine, but... I found with this, you get a chance to meet people from other parts of the country, other parts of the world who you would never have met otherwise, and then just jump right into a really deep conversation, which is interesting. Yeah, I like it. And those are, I don't know, I'm not super great at like the small talk all the time or chit chat, whatever. And so it's nice to just be able to jump into that. Um, And then I was telling someone the other day, it's nice to like jump in deep conversation and then I like shut it off and get to go watch TV at home and I don't have to like keep going. It's not like... It's just a different level of like interaction with people that I've, I'm enjoying. It's not like going out to dinner or staying out for hours. It's just like one quick, nice conversation that I love, and then it's done. And then I go <laughs> go to my bedroom and watch TV. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it is. I haven't thought of it that way, but you're right. It's I'm I'm good with small talk. I can do chit chat about the weather or sports mm-hmm. or whatever. But um, it is really cool to meet somebody for the first time like you you've exchanged a few emails and which is most of the email is just around when are you free yeah cool, <laughs> i'll send you an invite and then the first time you meet them within 30 seconds it's like okay let's jump into the most personal things that you yeah. can share with another human <laughs> yeah exactly let's do that for an hour and then yeah thanks i appreciate it so it, it's yeah odds not the word it is just an interesting thing that i don't think i've ever in the last year that I've been doing this, I haven't like fully stopped to appreciate the uh, insanity of it, I guess. Yeah. It's a, it's a complicated like relationship, you know, cause you, you can't have that level of conversation with someone without feeling some sort of 
connection that I think lasts longer, obviously, than usual. But it is odd to know, like, you know, we don't have any other ties or anything. So we're going to have this, like, super deep connective, like, discussion. And then, you know, probably not ever, like, bump into each other or anything like that. It's, yeah. it's strange. I, I say it reminds me of um, the days when you'd, I would. I would get on, like, AOL chat rooms and, <laughs> and yes. talk to these strangers for, like, hours. And that's yeah. what it feels like to me because I loved doing that. Um. I, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And so I, re- I remember this back in, you know, and, you know, you said AOL chat rooms. I, I know this, this probably dates us a little bit, but I, I vividly remember getting AOL for the first time. But, like, you logging yeah. in and just, I'm going to go to a chat room. And then you start talking to a random person. It's just like, where are you from? Yeah. Cool. I've never heard of that place. And then in 10 minutes, you know, it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe that's your life story. Yeah. And just yep. n- never talk again. Exactly. I did that a lot. And yeah, it does. That's what it reminds me of quite a bit. So, yeah, it's, I don't know, maybe maybe that's where it comes from with all of us in this generation. We're like going back to our AOL days, yeah. <laughs> reaching yeah. for that. Yeah, you know, that might be it. I mean, this, it, I guess it's maybe a natural, uh, uh, you know, evolution of that. But I think it also speaks to the fact that humans by nature are social creatures even if it's not always fun, I think there's always this idea of, okay, wanting some form of connection or to have a conversation. And I may also be just blowing smoke up my own ass, but <laughs> I, no. it's always fun just getting a chance to um, to talk with people and have a conversation past just like, oh, it's kind of warm today. Right. You know? Yeah. So you know, yeah, we, t- we took our daughter to soccer yesterday and it's this you know it's the soccer parent thing of just kind of sitting there and just hoping that you don't have to make awkward small talk and right you know looking at people that you don't you don't know if you have anything in common with other than just like oh, they're playing well aren't they <laughs> yeah yeah i know there's nothing i mean yeah there's nothing to say no. good thing good thing the rain held off <laughs> i can't i can't <laughs> say that again <laughs> how many times can you say that yeah or the fun one i'm sure you've done this is uh the birthday parties and oh my yeah, having to stand around and you just, I don't know if you do this, but I'll, I'll find myself regularly just un, unfortunately making eye contact with another parent and then you just, ca- you have to engage. Yeah. So it's just a, an awkward half smile and a, oh, there, wish I had that energy. Yep, exactly. God, they're going to sleep good tonight, aren't they? That's <laughs> <laughs> classic. I don't know. I don't know what years are at mine. I have two boys who are nine and 12 and so they're finally old enough to where I can drop them off at parties and that was like such I was just so happy to do that I'm like yes you're done I can drop you off I'll be back in a little bit I'm not doing this anymore yeah yeah those are brutal so mine she's still six so yeah. we're not at a drop off some time yeah. I, it's um, nice you're almost there <laughs> yeah I uh I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna and it's there's nothing against I've never met a rude parent at any of these thankfully but it's right oh I no just, I don't know them so right I don't think it's, yeah, I don't think it's rude to say, I don't think anybody enjoys that. I can't imagine, I'm, I'm sure there's some that do, maybe, but yeah. yeah. You know what, maybe the next party I go to, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna jump right into deep conversation with the first <laughs> person, lock eyes, and, you know, best case scenario, I get an hour of interesting conversation, worst case scenario, or this might be best case scenario, nobody bothers me for the rest of the time because I'm that way. <laughs> that guy's asking a lot of questions about your last meal with someone you lost, yeah. I would not <laughs> steer away what's wrong why yeah. are you crying <laughs> he started talking to me about grief it was too much yeah well you know i don't know okay. that i could come up with a better segue than that um yeah <laughs> you, you teed me up perfect <laughs> there you go um so becca you know i again i appreciate you coming on uh you know you know the topic of the show i, I do talk with people about uh loved ones that they've lost and you know who that person was i want to focus on let's celebrate who the person was their relationship um, and also talk through the grief process, and we talk about the food aspect of it too, because I think food does play an important part of relationships. So, who who are we going to talk about today? Yes, yeah, so we're going to talk about Mimi. Mimi is uh, my husband's mom, um, and I'm definitely going to cry through most of it, and it's fine. I love talking about her. But I'm totally yeah. going to lose it. I know I am. Um, <clears throat> we. We lost her in uh, February of 2020, so it was um, like a month before, you know, America went into lockdown, basically. Um, So it's sort of a a stacked uh, thing, if you will, for us. But 
Um, yeah, so I, let's see, so I've known my husband for 18 years. We've been married for 16. Wow. Um, we met when I was 18 years old and have been together basically since then. Um, but basically what that means, I met, I met her. He's, was always very close to his mom. Um, so I met her very shortly after meeting him. It was pretty, like a month or so, honestly. Yeah. Um, and she, they were very close and she's very, very sweet lady. So she, um, you know, just kind of took me in almost immediately and accepted me. And so, you know, I feel like I was very close with her and growing with her for about 18 years. Um, yeah. so yeah, I mean, she became definitely like a mom to me. That was what I was calling her at the end, not just a mother-in-law, but a mom. I think that in-law relationship is, I'm going to call out the obvious that I, I, I think there's been such a, a joke, you know, I guess in pop culture for the longest time that, oh, you, you don't get along with your in-laws. I, I hate that because I actually like my in-laws. And yeah, my mother, you know, it's funny, you you know, you said your mother-in-law, you called her Mimi because that's, that's what my mother-in-law is to my, my daughter. She, that's mm. Mimi. And nice. she, it is a, she's a second mother and I just say all that to say that relationship that you're talking about, that is beautiful because it is, I know not everyone gets that, but to be brought in, not just as a, the spouse of a child, but okay, you're, I'm just taking you on as an additional child is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really was. Um, just to kind of jump, like jump into the trauma. I, <laughs> um, I've never had a great relationship with my own mother either. Um, and so it was like, <clears throat> just extra special to have um, someone who like through her, through those 18 years of knowing her, she really showed me like what, um, what a mom could be, what a parent sort of relationship could look like and what it should look like. Um, I, when I met my husband, I really wasn't planning on having kids ever. I didn't, I didn't want them because I had had a really bad example um, of parents. And after knowing her for quite a while, we, got married and we were together for like four years and after knowing her for that long um was what made me kind of change my mind and realize that there was you know a different way of doing things and my husband had an example of it and I was now seeing an example um so yeah she was really someone who changed my mind about about that and kind of helped me know how to navigate that as well let me ask you how you know know, it sounds like you were very close with her You know, was this something? Was this something you had a chance to talk with her about, or was this kind of an un, unspoken? Because I think sometimes you know we don't say these things out loud, but it's obvious. It's like you know you were influential on me, whether it's out there or not. Yeah, I think it was because um, you know during the the time of knowing her, um, I had a lot of just sort of issues and like dramatics with my family. Um, and so I would talk with her a lot about it and she knew what was going on and, you know, she would talk to me about, she wasn't, she wasn't super like emotional. I mean, she was nurturing and loving, but she didn't express emotions with like verbally often, but she would kind of say like, you know, I just, I don't know how anyone could do this to you and I'm sorry. Um, or just say like, you know, you have me at least. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, so it was definitely a little more spoken, but she was, I think a lot of it was, she was just, um, just there and just with her actions and how she welcomed me so quickly. Um, she was really into Christmas. And so like the first Christmas that I was there, she had my gifts ready to go and everything, um, made me a stocking. I mean, we were just dating, you know, and she had me a stocking on the, on the fireplace. Um, just like her actions, she just kind of welcomed, welcomed me right away. You know, it's interesting you say that because, I mean, you maybe heard heard this before or something to this effect, but, I mean, love is love is a verb, right? Mm-hmm. Love is not just – it's not just a thing that you say. It's not a noun. It is an action. And it sounds like she was a – it sounds like she, she, she gave you the words, but it sounds like she also more importantly gave you the action of showing you that, you know, you are loved, you are cared for, you are a part of the family – Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she really did. We um, ended up living with them for a couple of years, actually, at one point. And that was really the same thing. I mean, it was just no question. She just kind of 
welcomed us in and just treated me like a daughter and my, you know, kids, like they were, she was basically a second mom to them as well when we lived there. And yeah, yeah, just the actions. She was definitely, definitely was showing very, very showing person in that way. That's, that's beautiful. And it's, it's one of those things. I think there are times that we meet people in our lives that we need to meet at a certain time. And it's, it, without assuming too much, it sounds like that she provided you something like that. Yeah, she definitely did. I, I don't know. I don't know what have what would have happened if you know. I mean, like I said, she changed my mind on wanting a family and being able to to be a family. And I know that I've learned a lot from from her in you know how to raise kids down to sort of the more um, tangible details like how to plan meals. Like she <laughs> she taught me what I know about how to like buy groceries you know, from things that are on sale and how to like make meals, like, I mean, down to that kind of stuff that I I feel like I still do. So, I mean, yeah. Hey, that might seem like a small thing, but you know, as somebody, you know, it's Sunday night as we record this. So I, I know you're probably feeling the same thing. It's, it's like, okay, I've got to plan out for the week. Okay. What are the meals? What are the lunches? What is, what is all that stuff? What snacks do we have? It's a huge task. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't, um, again, my mom was not a very, like, just nurturing person, I guess, so she didn't really know how to do any of that stuff, so I didn't really learn, and then, um, but Mimi was just really good at that. She would always, somehow, she just kind of knew, like, how to look at what was in the pantry and then make something that was awesome, and I don't really, I never knew how she did it, and then when we lived with her, um, yeah, she, I was, got to, like, kind of see her, and because we were eating dinner together every night, and uh, just kind of getting to learn that was, yeah, I mean, I still do the stuff that she taught me how to do. I, I've noticed that there are certain people we meet in life who, and it feels like it's with food especially. I found food is where this especially happens. If you if, if somebody who's a great cook or who just who knows how to nurture and provide like that, if you ask them how they do it or how to do it, you can never get a straight answer. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've had people in the podcast that talk about, you know, a recipe that – you know, a grandmother tried to share with them. I had this with my grandmother too of, well, you just mix this and some of this until it's ready and then it's done. Yeah, yeah. They can't give you measurements <laughs> or tell you how to, you know, the steps to take to, to follow something. They just do it. Was that, is that how she cooked? Is yeah. Is that what it was like for her? Yeah, I mean, that's, that was, <clears throat> that was a hard thing that was, you know, when she passed because it was very um, sudden. And so we didn't really, that was something I'll talk about. I was going to get a chance to like ask her really to, to write anything down or to capture them because everything she made, there was not a recipe. Like there was no, no written things, you know, and I've heard like on some other episodes, whatever you've had people are like, Oh yeah, I got this cookbook from, you know, my grandmother. I'm like, we don't have that at all. Cause nothing was a, a recipe. She just, she just added things until it felt right. And you know, you, if you got to watch her do it or she helped you make it one time, then you kind of knew. Um, but everything was just like going by what felt right, you know. Well, that might be the magic in, in cooking like the, her, though. Instead of instead of following a recipe to a tea, you know, maybe it is cooking with the feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I do feel like that's something that I've been able to to learn and to do better on. That's something I've kind of perfected, I think, at least in my Maybe not in like big meals, but in like the everyday meals. That's kind of what I do is just kind of throw things together. I'm like, I don't know. I guess it kind of needs some more butter, more salt, because it always, it always needs more butter or salt, <laughs> you know. Nothing, nothing is made worse by more butter or salt. No, never. Were there any foods that she that you felt like? I know you said that a lot of it was um, cooking with feeling, but were there any foods that she specifically did that just felt like her signature dish? <sighs> Yeah, you know, I've, I was trying to think of, <laughs> trying to think of the ones, um, and I it was just like this huge list, and I was asking some other family members, and they all had just like so many things. But um, one was the mashed potatoes. She just it sounds simple, but she was the one who made them for every like holiday for any event. It was always like, all right, well, she's obviously making mashed potatoes because there was just a way that she made them where they were like. They had like a little bit of some chunks. It was so much butter, so much salt. 
But like, so you didn't, the rule was like, don't look when she's putting in the butter because you don't want to know. <laughs> it's worth it. They're good. You don't want to see how much is in it because it was like it was a lot. <laughs> but they were good. So, did you ever get a chance to like watch her make them or help her make them? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, we we saw, I think um, I can't pull them off. My husband has now been the one who actually makes them because he would pay attention when she'd make them. Um, so he's actually the one who started making them now for the events, and it's kind of the same thing. He just keeps adding in butter and salt until they kind of taste right. Um, so, yeah, that's his. Do you – is there, like, a sense of acknowledgement from the family that, uh, hey, this is kind of a – Do you, I, I guess what I'm asking, do you think about her whenever you're making them, having them, or making sure yeah. that they're there? Yeah, definitely. It's very much like – you know, would would Mimi approve of these? Is this would she say to add more salt? Like whatever. And then when we're eating them, it's like, oh yeah, she would she would like these. This is good. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's that, and then it's every time. I mean, there's so much that she used to make, but anytime we are wanting something, whatever, that there's so many meals. There's like that we talk about her. So it's like chicken and dumplings was another one that she would make. Oh, yeah. um, I can't, I can't quite pull that one off. I've tried. It's not quite the same. Um, there was SOS. I don't know if you know what SOS is. <laughs> I, so I know what it is. Um, I, I'll t- I don't know what your uh, opinion on profanity is. I am okay no, with it. I'm fine with it. Okay. Well, okay. By all means, please explain. There you go. So one of her famous ones is shit on a shingle, and you just get a piece of toast, and then you cook some ground beef, and then you make white gravy in it, and you put it on the toast. And that was her, like, super easy, like, weeknight meal um, with always with green beans. So you can't eat SOS with anything else but green beans. Um, that was – I've made that, I think – or my husband's made it once. Um, we have certain ones that I just can't pull off, I guess, because he watched her cook yeah. some of those a little more. So I can't pull off, like, white gravy because I wasn't raised in the South, and he was, so I can't quite do it. Um, so, yeah, if it's anything like that, he does that one. Yeah, so, you know, I'm I'm from – because you're in Texas, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm in North Carolina. So, yeah, SOS, chicken and dumplings. I grew up on mm-hmm. both of those. The chicken and dumplings more so. The SOS, um, that was only whenever my dad had a craving for it. And it would only be, mm-hmm. instead of ground beef, it would always be the chi- the dried chip beef. Oh, okay. So it's still good, uh, just, just different. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, the chicken and dumplings, my mom to this day, that is – I, when I think about my childhood and her signature dish, like that's it to me, the chicken and dumplings, because that is, that is a bowl of comfort. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's, <clears throat> I always, it's because like the full on, um, just like a whole chicken. So like every, you know, <laughs> just yeah. like everything you can possibly pull off of it. Um, and then, which I always get a little grossed out by, so I'm not very good at making that. Um, that's cause I like just like nice white chicken breast and that's it. I don't like all the... <laughs> Um, but she would just like pull everything off and then I never can get the dumplings quite right either. Cause she would obviously just make them from scratch and I just not quite good at that. She made homemade dumplings. Oh yeah. I mean, it was just like somehow she just whipped up like the, whatever she did and then cut them up and threw them in there. And I don't know. I didn't get to see that one. So I can't do that one. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, I really do feel like there's a certain magic to some people cooking that you, you just cannot recreate. You can try, um, you never quite get there though and that's what that's it's hard and it's it is kind of frustrating but there is something i think in the act of trying to make it because you know when when you're making these dishes you know the sos the chicken and dumplings the any the mashed potatoes you know i i don't want to assume but i want to ask you know are you thinking of her is it kind of a is it done as an act of remembrance yeah, I mean, we, you know, we have, what I, the other day I was asking my kids for, like, suggestions or requests for dinner, um, and my 12-year-old was like, hey, can you get, um, Mimi always used to make macaroni and cheese and hot dogs, that was what she always made for me when I spent the night, every time, <clears throat> so I was like, all right, yeah, I'll try that one out, and then, like, as I was making it, you know, they were like, all right, don't screw this up, you have to do it right, so I had to, like, <laughs> I was like, right. So and I was asking my husband, I was like, did she boil the hot dog? She, and he's like, no. She would always cook them in a skillet. I was like, all right, I got to do that right. And then it's like always like, so how long, like how mushy were the noodles? Like how, what are we doing here? 
And so the whole time I'm like asking him and the kids, like, how did you make these? And like, you have to make the macaroni and cheese, then cut them up and always add it. She always had a ton of pepper. So you always add pepper to the macaroni and cheese. Um, and so like I was giving it to them, they were like, yeah, this is pretty good. It's not quite as, doesn't taste quite like what she did, but it was okay. I was like, all right, well, they were like, you burn the hot dogs. I mean, you would never burn the hot dogs. Um, <clears throat> I was like, yeah, I know I'm, I'm trying here. Um, so yeah, it's like a constant, I mean, almost every time we're making anything that she might've made, um, we're talking about her, we're comparing, we're like, it's not quite as good, but it's close. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're just always, it's always there. It's always in the back of my mind. Um, as well as just talking about it openly, like how would she have done this differently? And just a way of, yeah, just a way of like remembering her and remembering our time with her. I love that. Uh, I love that it was a family affair to, to, cause you know, you think macaroni and cheese with, with hot dogs in it. That's, I think that is a very, whenever again, comfort food is something that just feels good. And, and as you were describing that, that was really making me hungry. I would actually love yeah. a big bowl of that right now. <laughs> you, I think you had me sold finally whenever you said a bunch of uh, pepper in there because I, I love yeah. pepper. But the fact that even something, you know, fairly simple, right? It was still a family affair to, to get it just right. Mm-hmm. And for you all to, t- to get to talk about her while you were doing it. Yeah. We, I mean, we have... Um, Every every year in her birthday, we started uh, we would have what's called Mimi Day, and we just do all the things that she loved. So we have coffee because she drink co- coffee so much. Um, we listen to Michael Bolton because that was her <laughs> favorite artist. Uh, we go to the Dollar Tree because she would always take the kids to the Dollar Tree when they spent the night at her house and let them spend like ten dollars. Um, and then we just pick one of her meals depending on what it was and make. She always made. Um, she was really good at cakes. Like she loved to make all kinds of cakes. So we'd make, she liked bun cakes. So you'd make like a chocolate bun cake. And she was always trying out like different little frostings that she wanted to make. They weren't super fancy, but they were, I don't know. She'd like be like, oh, I just experimented by like melting peanut butter or something. And so we'd always just try and do that. I don't know. Um, yeah, we, I mean, we, all four of us were always talking about her I mean, at least once a day, probably still. Yeah. What, um, I know you said that it was, it was kind of unexpected in her passing. What was, yeah. What was that grieving process like in the family? Well, so she actually was back in 2017. She was actually, um, suddenly as well, but she was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, but she, you know, she did go through chemo. Um, and that, of course, was was really hard. The kids were a little younger, but of course, having to go through that and explain that and watch her go through it um, was hard. But she she had by the end of 2019, um, she was doing pretty good. Like her, she had finished chemo, and I don't remember the words for it, but kind of her some sort of marker count was kind of normalizing. Not that I mean, it was still stage four, but she was doing okay. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, in February of 2020, she had, she had like coronary artery disease and she just had a heart attack. It was, it was very sudden. We were supposed to go to her house, um, on Sunday, she was going to make us some meatloaf mashed potatoes. And, um, she like, she went unconscious on like Saturday, was gone by Sunday. Um, so it was just like, just felt like out of nowhere because we, I felt like we had, like, processed the cancer, and we're like, all right, you know, we have some more time or whatever, and then that. um, It was feeling like you'd gotten through, you felt like, it was feeling like, okay, we've gotten through the worst part of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And then, of course, I mean, a month after that, we had to, you know, go into lockdown. Um, And I don't know, that was like, that was like a blessing and a curse in a weird way. Um, obviously COVID was not good, but at the same time, we, we got to like hunker down for that first year to just the four of us. Um, and I think in a way, I don't know, it just, it just helped us like isolate ourselves. We didn't have to go back out in the world after losing her and pretend like everything was fine. We didn't have to go into, I mean, we did for like a month, but it was like, I don't remember I don't remember that first month yeah um but we didn't have to like just 
go on with everything. We got to skip like the first, right? Like there was no first Christmas really without her because we couldn't see everyone and we just used that excuse and we were staying home. Um, so I don't know. It was, we just kind of processed it in like a little bubble and I think it was kind of, kind of good. And then it also, but it also kind of kept us like from really processing a lot. So I don't know. It was a weird experience, but we did, we like cooked a lot. We cooked all of our favorite foods a lot. Um, my older son started like baking during lockdown and really? he would like bake these cakes and we'd be like, he'd be like, what do you think is this like Mimi level cake? And we're like, Oh yeah, definitely. That's, she would be so proud. And, um, he got really good at baking like cookies and, you know, he'd ask if she would like him. We're like, yeah, definitely. That's you like have the gene. She passed it on to you. And he's really proud of that. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's bringing a tear to my eye because I mean, grandparents are special right yeah and um i think too is for a child that young to, to to lose the one and then try to god yeah that really got me i'm sorry <laughs> I, sorry no no, no, that's, no they i mean because they did you know they me. we like as i mentioned we lived with them and it was um he was like two it was like from him when he was like two to four um, and that's when my niece was born. So, you know, she, she was like their second mother. I mean, she would watch them almost every weekend. If we had to go out and do something, she was just like, of course she was there. Yeah. And they had that comfort level of, I mean, they, it didn't feel like a stranger or anything. She just was there for them. And she had that with all her grandkids as well. I mean, all of her grandkids thought of her like that. Um, and that was just who she was. I mean, she just was, she was just that open person that anyone would just kind of fall for like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, <clears throat> I, when we were at the hospital and it happened and we all had to go pick up our kids, you know, there was that level of like grieving when we were there, like the kids were there. Yeah. And then when we were getting ready to go and we're all just looking at each other like, oh shit, now we all have to go, I'll go tell our kids. <laughs> And that was, I don't know, that was, that was probably the worst part of it, uh, even more so than, like, actually processing it ourselves. Um, was that their just having experience? to go tell them. So. I mean, they had lost maybe, like, a great-grandparent, I think, or not, but it was the first, yeah, the first real one. Yeah, I, um, I've been, I've, I've talked about my grandfather passing. That was the, kind of the catalyst for this show, uh, when he did pass, you know, about a month before his passing, we, we got a phone call that we thought that, you know, we think he's on his deathbed. We think today's the day. And it was right at the beginning of COVID. And so I'm, mm. I'm home with my, my daughter and distraught trying to, and then it's trying to explain to her. And she was, she would have been maybe four at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not easy explaining that to a mm. child, especially when you're trying to grieve and also translate it for them, I guess. And that's that's the that's one of the things about being a parent that nobody nobody really warned me that you know you have to do a lot of translation. You yeah. know, you have to translate the concept of what the future is. You have to translate the, what the concept of the present is of the past. Anything that you can think of that we take for granted, just understanding, you have to explain yeah. that to them. Yeah. But then yeah. something like monumental, like, okay, like death and then, you know, what that means and then trying to, un you know, explain how to process that while you're trying to do it yourself is, is insanely difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just, I don't know. We, it's hard because we, um, getting can i get into like religion and stuff i don't want to get yeah, anything no, I, too crazy no i'm <laughs> yeah no that's fine I, <laughs> and i'll and i'll keep this into whenever i you know as far as the, as far as the show goes i i i when it comes to religion when it comes to belief you know i if it if it helps in any way then i don't think there's anything wrong with it you know i'm there's no i don't think there's any really right or wrong way to grieve i think there are ways that are healthier than others but yeah let me yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. 
Well, so it's hard because, um, you know, we, both of us were raised and his family was raised very um, Christian. And so, but the thing is, you know, right around the time when this was happening, he and I were already starting to sort of have our own like questions or doubts or things like that. Um, And so from his side of the family, you know, it was a lot of like telling the grandkids stuff. It's like, all right, well, she's, she's in heaven and she's fine. And, you know, it was what the plan is. It's what God wanted. And, you know, on our end, we're sitting here like in COVID doing this grieving process. And we're like, I don't don't know what to tell you, to be honest. I mean, I do believe, you know, that I can feel her still. And I I know that her spirit was strong enough, but I don't know what to tell you. And in in a way, I wish that we weren't going through that because it would have been a lot easier to just say like, yes, here's, I know what's happening. Here's where she is. I know we're going to see her again. And when you're going through that other process, you know, not on top of losing her, it's like, I don't even know what's going to happen. I don't even have that thing. Um, and so, you know, I'm not saying we put them in our kids necessarily. We're not like trying to get them to wrestle with like the depths of <laughs> what happens. <Yeah. laughs> but, but we also were like, I mean, yeah, I think, I think she is in a really good place. I think she's okay now, but you know, I, I also can't pass on that certainty because I don't have that. Um, so, I mean, I, all that to say, like, our just main focus was on just remembering, you know, what she did give when she was here. And that was really the only thing we felt like we could do and still do is just focus on the, her spirit that we still have and all these little, you know, things. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That was just kind of an additional layer, I guess. No, I I get that because um, I I am I am not religious. I sometimes wish that I was. I I grew up with it. I've got family that maybe listens to this podcast and who may either be shocked or like uh, I kind of figured or may yeah. judge me, may not judge me. I don't know. I um, it is what it is. But for me personally, I I do wish. But uh, you know, it was a long time ago. I started to question things and. Things like this, you know, losing people, just it it brings it all back to the surface. And, you know, it, it makes me want to believe it for no other reason than just that feeling of I want to see them again. And right. I I would be desperate to do so. You know, I also don't want to feel like I'm lying to myself. And I also I won't judge somebody who finds comfort in religion, mm-hmm. you know, because one, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't. Right. Anybody who's too, um, I don't trust anyone who's too certain about anything. <laughs> right, exactly. You yeah. know, I, there's too much uh, gray area in the world. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer that the world is, pr- nothing is too black and white. There's some things that are black and white, but it's a lot of gray area. Um, yeah. But, you know, any anyone with that level of certainty that 100% there, there is something out there, 100% there isn't, I have to side eye you, but um, yeah, I wish I there know, was. Exactly. And yeah. that concept that you're talking about, about how do you share that with your kids? Because I don't want to give them an existential crisis that, that early. <laughs> right. It's a little, right. it's a little, you know, we can, we can advance to the existential stuff later. Let's yeah. Start there's with, time. There's time for that. Yeah. You've got plenty of time to lay in bed at night questioning what's next, but <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's, it's one of those things. It's, you know, I think everybody has to find that thing. And, and what's what I was saying that I think there are, there's no right or wrong way necessarily. There are, are certainly healthier ways. You know, there's certainly, un, you know, turning to I'm going to just drink myself silly. Probably yeah, not the healthiest way to we, do it. We did do that. I'm not going to lie. We also, that was another coping mechanism. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, this, <laughs> and, and, so, and you probably know too, probably not the healthiest, you know, but also no. I, I can't say it's wrong because I mean. Right. When you go through something like that, it is so difficult to say, okay, because it's almost like throwing spaghetti at the wall. Something's got to stick to make me feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know when my grandmother passed last year, um, I remember it was a couple of days after she passed, I was r- rushing just trying to, I need to get a suit. I've got to wear a suit to her funeral because I'm going to be a pallbearer. Mm-hmm. She she couldn't have cared less. I know she couldn't have cared less. She would yeah. have been so mad that we were even having a funeral making a fuss over her. Because <laughs> yeah. she was just such a... If you were, you know, she was the opposite of the, the center of attention. She, 
she was that person. She just wanted to make sure everyone else was okay. And she would have mm-hmm. been so mad, you know, with people making a fuss over her. But in my mind, I'm like, I have got to go spend $200 right now on the ch- on a mm-hmm. cheap suit because that's the fastest one I can get because yeah. I've got to look nice for my grandmother. Um, yeah. Again, not not the smartest probably, but in the in the moment, you, you don't know. You just you're just trying to get no. through it day by day. I mean, there's not like a manual. No one tells you what you're supposed to do with these when these things happen. You're like, I don't know. I guess I guess should I just do the things that you're supposed to do. And yeah, I mean, I know what you mean with the whole with the suit thing. Let's with her like with her funerals, like you know the flowers they were sending us. She didn't like flowers, and she never would have wanted. You know, we we joked about that. Like she would never have wanted to be up there um with people like not to get too graphic we're like you have to have a closed casket because she would just hate it if people were like looking at her she did not want and we were laughing you know because that's what you have to do but we're like she would have hated that you can't say all like put all these flowers and talk about how sweet she was i mean yeah she was sweet but she would have been just embarrassed out of her mind (laughs) my grandmother was the same she um there was an open casket for the immediate family for visitation. I didn't go because I didn't want that to be my last memory. Yeah. I, yeah. um, and again, this is another, there's no fault I think on either <laughs> side of it. It's to the individual. It's cause all of the funeral rites are, they're for the living, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I do firmly believe that it's for the living It's for, to help us process, you know, but I do, I put a lot of weight on trying to be respectful of the person, which again is why I was scrambling the day before a funeral to find a suit. But um, she, for the service, she wanted a closed casket because, you know, she didn't, again, she didn't want the attention. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's like you said, you have to, I think uh, finding humor and finding moments to laugh through the entire thing is important because mm-hmm. you, you, there's no time you need more levity than that. Yeah, definitely. No. <clears throat> Sorry. No, no, that's fine. I... I was going to say one more thing. Um, you know, you, you, you mentioned your son learning to bake, and I just – I did tear up a little bit whenever you were telling me about that because I think it's so sweet that he, you know, he wanted that connection to her. But I think what really stood out to me about that is that, you know, she made such an impact on him. And even – he's still young, it sounds like. You know, mm-hmm. that impact, of that, he's going to carry that forever. And you never know what that's going to do for him. That – that love of baking now might turn into so many things. It might yeah. be that's his calling in life. It might just be the thing that he does for his friends and family. But he gets to carry that act of love from her for the rest of his life. And that is so beautiful. Mm. Yeah. You're <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I mean, and we make sure that is, that is what I love. Cause you know, he, he likes to bake um, like for fun, you know, and he likes to eat it of course, but of course. I think that, I mean, every time he, he does something, it's always like, well, do you, would Mimi have liked this? Or is this as good as Mimi's? And, um, and I think that's the way that he kind of keeps her memory going is by doing that. Cause it's, he's never made something and didn't ask that question or it's never been like unrelated to it. So it's always related to that. Um, and he didn't do it before. So I know it's, I know it's from that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really special. I'm happy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's comfort knowing that um, we have the impact as peop as humans, I guess, to make an impact on other people and carry on in some way. Some, whether it's through hey, these mashed potatoes, they're gotta have a, they, they need a few more lumps, or like hey, the macaroni and cheese was good, just a little more pepper next time, or like hey, this cake is really good. It's it's so cool to me that we can have that kind of impact. And yeah. I don't have a, I don't have a point to that. I just think it's yeah. it's really, it's it a really is. cool thing. And she didn't, you know, she wasn't like um like a serious baker or anything like that. And so she it wasn't that she was out there like even teaching him necessarily. Um, you know, she would make these and if they were spending the night they'd make a cake together and it was just like a box cake and you know, he would pour in the water and that was about it. Like it wasn't yeah. crazy, you know, she's not out there teaching him all this stuff, but it was obviously just the act of them doing that stuff together. Nothing fancy. Just, like I said, box, cake, mix, whatever. Yeah. Um, just that stuff has made him want to do that. And he 
learns how to do it. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously a huge impact and with not much effort at all. That's awesome. Is there anything else you wanted to tell me about her? Um, yeah, my, (laughs) my husband actually brought this one up and he said I should make sure. Um, so I was, I was trying the other day to make this like pasta salad that she would make. Um, and it actually, I haven't made it. I don't think ever because I couldn't handle it because it was one that she would always make like for us in particular. And I just couldn't, um, whatever. I just couldn't bring myself to try, but it's been three years. So I was going to try. So we were walking on the store, getting the stuff for it. And, um, he, he realized that when she would put stuff into food, sometimes she would, um, change things up or like say like oh yeah this is usually made with this but I make it with this and I realized she did that because it was stuff that she liked and it was like the sneaky little way and she would create these versions of things that she only <laughs> liked and she didn't care but she would pass it off as like oh this is Mimi's version and then everyone started making it that way right um and it was just because she didn't like it <laughs> and it was such a a subtle little like power move you know so like with this pasta salad like she would what was it that um yeah she would put chopped up dill pickles as opposed to like relish because she did not like relish yeah and she would only use um like miracle whip instead of mayo because she hated mayo and it was very specific and now that's how you have to make it and it was just like just a little thing that she'd be like i don't i don't like that so i don't put use it (laughs) um (laughs) I don't know. It's just one of those little things because it was like she was thoughtful, but she also just did those things. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I have a lot of respect for that because honestly, yeah. I mean, you, you know, she, you know, she's making it for other people. Yeah. But like she wants to eat some too. I mean, yeah, it's exactly. got to be something she likes. And the spin of, well, this is just my version. You yeah. know, the subtext is this is what I like. Exactly. <laughs> and then as it's way. carried on and people are making it, it's like, oh, it's. And it's like, you're like, oh, it's Mimi's version. It's special. But it's just like, she just didn't like that. <laughs> um, yeah, just a special little, that was just one of those, like like I said, she was so sweet and so caring and so nurturing. But at the same time, you know, she would do those little things. And I think it was just like this little edge to her that I think, um, yeah, just made it special. So Yeah. I, I know you mentioned that, um, you know, cooking for others, it was a, kind of a love language for her. And it it sounds like she uh, it sounds like she left a big impact through that. Yeah, she um, she would make a cake for everyone's birthday, and she always remembered like one particular. Everyone had like a cake that she would make. So, and she had a large. I mean, she had three kids of her own, and we all got married and had kids. Um, and so every single person got their own special cake that she would make on their birthday. Um, and so mine was pineapple upside down cake. She. I think just made it randomly back when my husband and I were dating and I remember thinking it was amazing and I loved it and then you know she still made it for my first birthday and then just I had it every every birthday for like 16 years or something um and then that was one my my first birthday after she passed my husband made it for me and I just I couldn't eat it <laughs> like I was like I can't I can't do it so I actually haven't had it since because I just much like i can't even eat that i love that cake and i just can't even like eat it because i just i don't know like want to throw up that was like the one there's some things you know they're like yeah chicken dumplings i want to eat it reminds me of her and then that one just i don't know i can't use that anymore yeah it's too much yeah Uh, you know and again i go back to there's no right or wrong right it's um there's no right or wrong and i don't think you should not that you do. I don't think you should feel bad about that. I don't think you should question yourself on that. I think that's one of those you have to listen to yourself sometimes. And if, if what mm-hmm. yourself is telling you is that, hey, this is this is too much for us, that's fine. You know, yeah. when you're ready, if you're ready, you'll know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, again, we just, the things that we can do, we do. And then, yeah, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird feeling, though, because I remember he, like made it and was I was thinking like yay this is it and I was like excited and then I started trying to eat it. I was like nope nope can't do it it's not a, it's not right she didn't make it I can't can't eat it so even if it tasted tasted great I'm not saying he didn't yeah. <laughs> he did a great job not a knock on the cake it was good yeah 
Um, yeah. It's weird how they're so tied together, you know, that her brains make that such a strong connection that I, like, just can't even. See, but this is, and that's why I wanted to do this show, was that, hmm. you know, we, we, I feel like we we connect so much between people and food that we share with them or that they provide. Because, you know, food is one of the lowest common denominators. Everybody's got to eat. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know. I feel like it's easy to make a connection to somebody through food. You know, we, we talked about the idea of just sitting down with a stranger <laughs> over the internet to jump in a deep conversation. I feel like you could go into a diner just about anywhere, sit down with somebody, have a slice of pie and just talk. And I mean, and, and then boom, you've got a core memory. I mean, it's breaking bread with people is important. Yeah. I firmly believe that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's what I really like. I mean, that's, I know this one in particular because she was such like a cook and it was such a strong thing. Um, but even outside of that, like, I mean, you don't, you don't think about how often you relate that, but that's, yeah, I've been listening to your episodes and I'm like, it's a very common factor. And I knew that I thought about it a lot, but I didn't realize how much it, you know, it was just sort of an obvious thing or maybe not obvious, but like how common it was, I guess. Yeah. We we don't talk about grief as a society, right? We um, you know, and you know, you you got ahead of me earlier because I was going to ask what it was like going through that grieving process at the beginning of COVID, and but you you spoke to it, and I'm I'm glad you did because I mean, I think COVID was it it's it sucked obviously it was horrible because we lost so many people, you know, and but I think everybody too that that being confined to your house I guess for for all that time. I mean, it was very much a, there's a lot of processing done, I think. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like there were, there was good and bad to the grieving process for you because of that. And I don't know. I just, I hope you're all in a, in a better place now. And I hope that continues to yeah. grow and get better. It and sounds what? like you're all doing a good job of keeping her memory alive. Yeah, we definitely are. It was, like I mentioned, it was a lot. We did, I mean, we were home. We did a lot of um, a lot of eating and drinking, and, you know, that was what we did. We just ate and drank and talked about her and about everything else. Um, again, I don't, I don't know for sure if we did it the best way. It was very isolating so that we had to do all those first things later. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was just different. It was a different experience, and I don't I, – kind of appreciate it in a way because like I said we were protected and we were in a bubble from anything else um but yeah we we are we're, we're doing really good we're just working on I don't know the family's kind of getting into like a new kind of rhythm it was obviously really rocky she was kind of the core she kind of held everyone together um so I felt like immediately after people sort of floated off but we've sort of recombine and we've had um we've had some really good like meals together we've had um meals where people will bring things that maybe she used to make and we talk about it and we compare it or you know her husband actually was again he she cooked all the time but um papa has started cooking a lot and (laughs) we've all been really proud of him and he put together like a fish fry and he made everything and we were so proud of him for doing that and you know we've had some good times where we realized we all like together and we're laughing and um, over food. And, you know, it's different, obviously, but it was actually like a really good time. And it's it's nice to start hitting those. They've been recent. You know, it's taken some time, but it's really nice to have those moments where you leave and you're like, that was actually really fun. It wasn't just sad. It was fun, you yeah. know. Life, I think, is very much like a roller coaster with the ups and the downs. So when you've been really down, that that come up process is really nice and yeah i think taking the time to stop and appreciate it is really important i um i had a i had a a guest on a while back who is the curator of the kurt vonnegut museum Mm -hmm. and i am a big fan of vonnegut's work and you know there was a quote attributed to him the uh stopping to just say if this isn't nice i don't know what is i Mm -hmm. firmly believe in living life by that and yeah, it's, I think it's it's an important thing to do. Yeah, yeah, that's that's perfectly said. 
Becca, I, I appreciate you so much coming on. Um, before we wrap up, I, you know, I do have uh, one question for you. Um, if you had a chance to sit down and have one more meal with her, any food you wanted, any situation you wanted, what would it be? Um, oh. <laughs> um, so I mentioned that we were, we were supposed to go see her on the Sunday that she passed. Yeah. And it would be that. It would be, she was supposed to make us meatloaf and mashed potatoes. And I just really liked the way she made those. And I just wish that, <clears throat> yeah, it would be that one. I wish that we had gotten that last meal together. Because we didn't know, I don't remember what our last meal was. Um, so we obviously didn't know it was going to happen. So I'd pick that one, just to kind of wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that. I appreciate you sharing so much with me and with the, you know, with the audience and, and just just sharing your story. Because it's, it's clear that she made a huge impact on everyone in her life and it's nice to know that, yeah. you know, she's living on through all of you. Yeah, she definitely is. She's still, she's still around in some way. I can feel it. Yeah. There's a, there's solace in that, I think. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. Um, before I, we wrap up, though, I do want to make sure I give time for you to talk about, you know, what you're working on. I mentioned at the beginning you have a new podcast, but... um. I want to open up to you. Anything you want to talk about or promote that you know you, is important to you? Yeah. Um, so I started, I've done, uh, started doing the human podcast. It's Y-O-O-M-A-N, just a, a funny play on human. Um, it's just a way for me to, to talk to people. Um, you know, I, I find that people just have these sort of interesting stories and maybe you would never expect them to. And I like being able to pull that out and I like being able to listen um, so that's just kind of the goal is to, to meet these people and to, to find what their sort of thing is, their perspective on the world and share it. Um, <clears throat> I will also share, just since it's somewhat related, my husband has a recording studio and it's called 6157 Sound. That's actually her birthday. It was June 1st, 57. Um, so he does music in her honor. She was, she was really into music and kind of inspired him as well. So those are kind of linked and he's a co-host occasionally of the podcast as well that's awesome i'm gonna make sure i promote or a, a link out to uh your podcast to his studio as well in the show notes Thanks. um i know so we're recording this early may i don't know when this will come out um i have listened to the first two episodes that have come out and i really like them i i love just i'm a big fan of just conversation storytelling that's a big part of why I do this kind of podcast yeah. and I think you're off to a great start and I think you've done a great job of just having conversations with people with interesting conversations and to that point you made just finding out people's story everyone has one Mm-hmm. yeah definitely well Becca thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing and I appreciate it yeah thank you for having me on I really enjoyed it Thank you again to Becca for joining me today and talking with me about her mother-in-law. She sounds like an amazing, kind woman, and I was just honored to get to hear about her. You can learn more about her and her podcast uh, by going to your podcast provider or social media and searching The Human, Y-O-O-M-A-N podcast. Uh, as always, I will link to that in the show notes. Highly encourage you to just go check it out. Um, if you enjoy conversations with people, if you enjoy this podcast, you will love that podcast. I, I think it's delightful. Um, I'm a big fan of it, and I just encourage you to go check it out. You can also subscribe to Our Last Mill wherever you're listening. So please take the time to do that. Please take the time to rate and review and try to help other people find this podcast. If you know someone grieving and you think that maybe this could be helpful, please share it with them. If it's something that they don't feel is right for them right now, that's fine too. Um, please at least take the opportunity just to talk to them. I, I think uh, grief is really something that it doesn't spread by talking about it to other people, but it does help in some way, if that makes sense. So if you know somebody grieving, if you are somebody grieving, please talk. I think that helps more than more than we know. Um, you can find more about this podcast on uh, 
any of the social media, Our Last Mill Pod. Uh, you can go to ourlastmill.com. If you're interested in being on the show, you can send me direct messages on any of the social media platforms or just send something to me, uh, ourlastmillpod at gmail.com. I would be happy to talk with you. Uh, I'd be honored to talk to you. So please do that. Um, I guess the last thing I'd say is just uh, until next time, please take care of yourselves and go share a meal with someone you love.